Welcome to At Home with JMB. I'm Bethany from Utah. And I'm Jen coming to you from Chicago. And we have been the best of friends for over two years, wouldn't you say, Jen? That's right. We met on Instagram and we kind of have been inseparable ever since. And this little podcast is a fun way for us to stay connected and also to bring you guys some laughter and some inspo. Yes. So we're so glad you're here and we hope that you feel right at home with JMB. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our part two episode of Miscarriages and Infertility. If you remembered last week's episode, I interviewed my daughter, Brianna, who had a miscarriage about a year and a half ago, and it was very heartfelt, um, and she really expressed her her story and her feelings of going through a miscarriage. And so today's episode is a very special one uh, because... Sweet Jenny is going to share her journey of having and going through infertility. Right, Jenny? Exactly. Yep. It's a it's an unfortunate place that a lot of women find themselves in. And, um, you know, it's something that is not easy to talk about. But I think it's important mm-hmm. to talk about it because it helps you to not feel so alone then. Mm-hmm. Um. But, uh, well, I also feel surprisingly enough, there's a lot of women out there that are experiencing infertility. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think part of the reason, I think, is because women nowadays are waiting until they're a little bit more established in their careers to get married. Mm-hmm. And so then that puts the whole having kids thing off into, into you know, a later point in their lives. And then, you know, we all know that as you age, so do your eggs. And um, so it just, you never know. You never know. So it makes it harder yeah. to become pregnant as the older you get. Yeah. And okay. I mean, yeah. and I, when, when we started trying to get pregnant, I wasn't even that old. I was 26. And, um, you know, it just, it was, it's not something you ever really think about, especially when you're in your, mm-hmm. in your 20s. You think, oh, you know, when it's time, I'm going to get pregnant. And, we waited a little bit because my husband was getting his um, MBA and he was working full time. So he was go- he was working mm-hmm. all day and then he was studying at night. So we waited until he was finished with his degree, his MBA, to start trying to get pregnant. And we just mm-hmm. had no idea what we were in store for. And mm-hmm. my friends were legit getting pregnant left and right. I mean everybody it seemed like was pregnant that i knew that, and that has to have been hard to yes, to see that it when is you were trying. so hard yeah. and you just you notice um babies more when you're trying mm-hmm. to get pregnant and you know especially when it's not working you just feel like everybody on the street has a baby and um can i ask how many years uh it took you to get pregnant. So we um, went through three and a half years of fertility treatments. And mm-hmm. um, we went through, we did artificial insemination. Um, we did, you know, we, I took, I can't remember what they were called because it's been so long ago, but I took some other kind of um, hormones to try to help. And then we went through four in vitros. And in vitro is no joke. I mean, you have to give yourself, 
injections every day at a certain time and the injections we would alternate between um well you a lot of so sorry to interrupt but does that just to clarify is that the same as ivf is that yes what that is the same in vitro fertilization yes okay got Um, it okay just want to clarify and i was not good with shots like i couldn't give myself that shot because you had to do it in like your upper butt cheek because that's where like a lot you know you've got the muscle to you had to go uh-huh. intramuscularly and so my husband would try to get home at that specific time every day to give me the shot oh, it had to be a, a certain time yeah. every day huh and it oh, was wow. um it was stressful because i remember there was one time when he had he was out of town and he was coming back on the plane and the plane was delayed at the gate and he's like trying to explain to the to the flight attendant like i got to get off this plane i got to give my wife a shot and then the hormone hormones themselves just make you very like emotional and moody and um it's just it's a lot on your body and my i remember for a really long time afterwards i had a lump that wouldn't go away on my upper butt cheek because we had you know injected it so many times and it took I think it took like a year for that thing to the swelling to finally go down. Would you do uh, the other side too? Yeah, we would alternate sides. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember there were some times where we had to, I had to do injections in my stomach. It was just, it's just. Oh my goodness. It's a lot to put your body through. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, three and a half years of fertility treatments. And my, my doctor was awesome. He was, he was really, really good. Um, But like I said, it just everyone around me was getting pregnant. And at that time, you know, social media didn't exist. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that there are so many more resources available to women now that are going through it and men, too, that, you know, need some kind of support system and. Um, like more support groups than right because what did you have well just the doctor or family or friends or family and friends did not understand and they didn't know what to say what to do um so I actually joined a support group that um was (laughs) I'm so sorry my dog is trying to scratch his way out so He's in in the office with me. I apologize. Um, Super sit. So anyway, um, the friends and family, even though they wanted to try to support, they just didn't know how. And so I ended up joining an actual support group where I would go in and sit in like a circle with these women and we would share our stories. And the hard thing was, is that... um, you know, I was I was still so young, and a lot of the women that were in this particular support group were all older than me. You know, by like uh-huh. ten years or more, and oh. so it's it was just really hard to not sit there and think like, what is wrong with me? Like, some it it has to be like I'm doing something wrong, or you know, you just blaming yourself. Yes, you can't when help. You had but, no control. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you just you can't help but blame yourself and it's you know it can be really hard on a marriage too because yeah you know literally everything is centered around making a baby and 
you know, when that's not happening, you just, you're in a bad place in your head. And, um, you know, it can either bring you together really close as a couple or it can completely tear you apart. I, I, we actually know friends who ended up getting divorced after not being able to get pregnant. And it's just, it's just a very, yeah, it's a very emotional, hard thing to go through because, you know, growing up, all I ever wanted to do was to be a mom. And um, I remember I, I would have some friends say, well, I don't understand. Why don't you just adopt? You know, you can always just adopt. And it's like, I know, I know that is an option, but like, I wanted to experience, you know, being being pregnant. pregnant. I wanted Uh to feel a baby growing inside me. And, and, you know, I wanted that whole thing. And Uh um, so it was just, it was really, really tough. And um, I remember one, I think it was the second in vitro, um, I did get pregnant. And, um, you know, we were cautiously optimistic and so did you have a miscarriage with the first one um it just didn't work so oh it didn't take yeah I just and isn't every time that you do it super expensive luckily um our insurance we had really good insurance with my husband's um company they paid for all of it which oh my goodness we were very very blessed because it's a huge blessing yeah I mean at the time we were going through it I want to say and I'm sure it's probably even more now I want to say it was like ten thousand dollars a time and yeah so we were otherwise we wouldn't have been able to do it and I know so many people they'll try it and if it doesn't work then they have to wait until they can save the money again which yeah it's just heartbreaking because you know starting a family you shouldn't have to be that much yeah, money. Yeah, I mean, you should just be able to, you know, if you want to become parents. It's already enough money to pay for the child. Exactly. Their, you know, right. And all the things that you need. So um, we were really fortunate in that way that that they would pay for it. But I, I believe right. it was the second um, in vitro. It, it did work. And so we were really hopeful. But um, then I ended up... Uh, Waking up, I think, like, one morning and got out of bed and a huge, I mean, not to get too graphic, but a huge right. clot just fell onto the floor. And oh, no. I was, you miscarried. Yep. And I was oh. devastated. And Oh, that's um, so hard. Yeah. And so that was the first miscarriage. And then the third in vitro also took and... You know, we waited a little bit in between, but um, right. How long do you have to wait in between, like three months or more than that? I want to say it was like three to six months. I don't. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going back a lot of a lot of a long time, time here. Yeah. But um, we so the third time did take, and we, you know, I was literally like treating my body as if it was, you know, precious cargo. All the way, right. I, I like was Being afraid to do careful. anything, and mm-hmm. so um, we went in for our ultrasound to hear the heartbeat, and um, I thought oh, it was awful. the The doctor or the nurse was like, "Well, you know what? I don't hear anything. I don't see anything, but um, let me get the doctor." So the doctor came in. Sounds like Brianna. Ugh, it's just it's it's 
I just I wish in that situation that, and not all doctors or nurses would react this way, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. I had someone who did not have the best bedside manner and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was just very matter of fact and said, oh, no, I, I don't, I don't hear it. You're going to have to go over to the hospital. And I'm like, wait, what? You know, I mean, just pause. How Hang far on. along were you at this point? Um, I think I was like 10 and a half weeks. So, okay. um, yeah, so same, about the same as Brianna then, huh? Yeah. Same situation and, sounds like. Yep. And so I went, we went straight over to the hospital. And the unfortunate thing that a lot of people don't realize is that when you have to go to the hospital to have a DNC, which is, you know, to, if, if you realize that the baby's no longer living, then a mm-hmm. DNC, they go in and they scrape out everything. And mm-hmm. they you have to do that in the same part of the hospital as labor and delivery, or at least a oh hospital goodness, where I really? So I will never forget laying there and hearing babies being born and people talking about how happy they are. And, you know, here we are at our lowest point, so miserable and so sad and Mm -hmm. then this awful doctor that I had at the time came in right before they were going to take me back and like tapped my leg like kind of you know hit my leg and said are we having fun yet and I what yes I wanted to punch oh it was just the, Did you say anything to him or you probably I was just, just I was so just like too distraught. yeah I was so yeah. upset and crying and I was so mad and um they wouldn't let my husband go back with me and that was hard because Aww. you know again I I can't help so but think traumatizing it really was because you're you're beating yourself up thinking like what did I do like it it's something it's my fault something must be I must have done something wrong and um you know, th- but let me ask you this: Would you have rather had the DNC or a pill like my daughter had to take and and miscarriage at home? Well, I had already had the miscarriage at home, so. Um, well, I mean, I guess I meant like the pill, just to, oh, like, just to wait. Well, she yeah. had to. Ha- she had to. She took the pill. She still had the baby inside her. They just didn't feel the heartbeat. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. didn't hear the heartbeat. She had to have the pill, and she had to like basically just have the baby at home which is awful. she didn't have a dnc so would you say a dnc is a, a much easier procedure i don't know um i don't know because you i mean the whole thing about having to be in that same part of the hospital as the labor and delivery the, mm-hmm. is just so cruel when you're in like such a low place emotionally um i i don't Neither scenario is good. Um, yeah, that's true. I don't know. That's a hard one. Um, yeah. But, and then you do still, like, with the DNC, you still get the cramping and everything. And um, Oh, really? It's just it's just such a hard position to be in. And, um, you know, you just. And then you just go home after that? Yeah. You just, you're you're you in and out. Get up and walk out. Yep. You're in and out. And, um, <sighs> you know, I. I have friends that actually have gone through the whole still, you know, you've they've had stillborn, stillborn and mm-hmm. I cannot, like, my heart just goes out to those women because I cannot imagine how, sorry, the dog is scratching, how just 
I mean, you talk about cruel. You go through mm-hmm. all of that pain and exhaustion and everything, and then you're not even rewarded with, you know, the the baby you've been carrying inside. I just, it's, my heart just aches for that scenario. Yeah. I can't imagine how horrible. I, ha- I actually have a good friend who went through that, and my heart just goes out to her because it that's just horrific. But um, I had a friend who we did, we had the baby shower for, and then the next day she went into her appointment and they didn't hear heartbeat. And oh. she was like eight months long. Oh I think. my gosh. Yeah. It was really sad. I can't, like, it just, ugh, it just makes my heart hurt even thinking about yes. that. Yeah. Um, it's very heartbreaking. Yeah. And um, so, so that was the, the second miscarriage that I had. And, after that, we were kind of thinking, like, maybe this just isn't going to happen. So we we still we knew our insurance would pay for one more in vitro, but we thought uh-huh. that we thought, you know, maybe we should just. Sorry for the dog crying in the background. Stop. Um, we thought that maybe we should start to look into the process of adoption, and so we actually did look into trying to adopt domestically. And um, what was hard about that is that I was not, at that point, I didn't, so many domestic adoptions, at, I don't know if it's changed because this has, you know, been a long time ago. But um, mm-hmm. at that point, if you, do, if you adopted domestically, you, most of the adoptions were open, which meant that you would, be in contact and with the birth mother and the birth mother would be a part of your child's life forever. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, you would send um, pictures through the years. And I mm-hmm. just, at that point, was not emotionally ready to share motherhood. And I, you know, because I just thought, you know, if I didn't yeah. get to experience pregnancy and childbirth and all of that, I just didn't know if I could also give up more, you know, I just was, I, so I wasn't ready for that. So then we started looking into, um, adopting internationally and, um, we decided we were going to adopt a baby from Vietnam because at that time you could adopt from Vietnam. I don't know if you can now, because I know that Mm -hmm. a lot of times they, um, you know, will put, I think they call it a moratorium, which means you can't adopt from that country at all for a certain amount of time, depending on what's going on. But anyway, um, we decided we were going to adopt from Vietnam and we went through like tons of paperwork and we had gotten to the point where we were ready to have a home study where someone would come to our house and they would, um, you know, interview us and and take a look at our home and see, did we seem like we would be fit parents? And um, in that time of waiting for our home study, we decided we would try one more round of in vitro. And that round took again. And that's this, awesome. Yeah. And so then we were like, okay, well, we're not going to completely stop the adoption because who knows what's going to happen. I had already had two miscarriages. And mm-hmm. so when we went in for to hear the heartbeat, um, that's when we found out there are two heartbeats. And because 
I was I pregnant bet you twins. were overjoyed. It's so excited. But then the other thing we found out is that my levels, my hormone levels, I forget exactly the proper names because, again, this has been so long ago, but my levels were so high that the doctor thought that I probably was actually carrying triplets and that one of them really? didn't make it. Yeah. So. Wow. Um, but with the twins, um, it, you know, I was so scared after two miscarriages, and I'm sure your daughter felt like this too, so scared that, you know, any little twitch or anything, like, I'm like, oh, something's wrong. Like, right. panicked the entire time. And mm-hmm. um, I actually kind of, like, put myself on bed rest toward the end because I just didn't want anything, anything to go wrong. To go wrong yeah. Because even if it was, you know, just a fluke, I would have blamed myself because that's just what you do when you're, when you go through infertility and you go through Mm -hmm. miscarriage, you just, you cannot help but blame yourself. And even if it's completely not valid, um, Mm -hmm. it's just where your mind goes. And so I, I remember my daughter thinking back of the things she had done the days prior. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's like, did I do something? Right. No, it's just your body, even though. Yeah. Exactly. It's not your fault. You still think it is. Yeah, you do. And you can't, you just, you, your mind just wants wants answers. And when there aren't answers, it just, it's really, it's really hard. And so, um, yeah, so once they were, you know, once I was along, probably into my second trimester, I, I don't think I really believed okay this is actually going to happen until I got to my third trimester because I just was so scared that am I going to have to go through this again um and mm-hmm. then backing up once I I think once we heard the heartbeats then we decided we were we were going to stop the adoption process and so we never revisited it but um mm-hmm. so yeah so it 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 was a very very dark time those years of infertility and the miscarriage. And um, I just felt like none of my friends, well, really, truly, none of my friends at that time had gone through it. Um, it, which is strange because it is such a common thing for so many people to have to experience. Uh But um, I don't know, women are funny to talk about it because they, you know, it's such a, it's such a, you think that, you know, when you're going to get married, like it, it, the next logical step is you're going to have kids. And when you can't do it, you just, I don't know. I think women just feel so much guilt anyway. And um, I just at the time, like people would want to say the right thing and they just didn't know what to say. And that whole mm-hmm. thing about, well, why don't you just adopt that it's like, you know, of course so, they don't understand because they're, they haven't experienced it, you know? So what advice uh, would you give to, to someone to, that they should do to help support someone going through something like this? Well, definitely don't just throw out there, well, why don't you just do this? Or, you know, why don't yeah. you just, re- that was the other thing. Why don't you just relax? That's what people would say. <laughs> it's, you know, oh, you're, you're too yeah. tense. And when you're so tense, you know, sometimes it's just not going to happen. Messes up your hormones. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, believe Don't me. Don't you think the doctor would tell you that if that was yes. the case? <laughs> right. Exactly. And, 
So I, I, I mean, they do. I think they're saying that because a lot of people that can't get pregnant right away, once they stop worrying about getting pregnant, then they get pregnant. Right. And so to them, they think that's the advice. Right. But they don't understand. No. The, the true issue of why you couldn't get pregnant. Right. And and I would say, like, my my best advice would be to just listen and to acknowledge that it sucks, you know, mm-hmm. rather than, like, saying, offering advice and suggestions of things to do, especially because... If you're offering suggestions and advice on things you've heard, but you personally haven't experienced it, then you probably shouldn't be offering advice at all because you haven't gone through it. So I would say just, you know, acknowledging that it sucks and it's not fair and um, just being an ear and saying, just being honest and saying, you know, I don't really know what to say is better than saying something that could potentially be more hurtful i think just being mm-hmm. honest and saying like i don't really know what to say but i'm here for you and um i'm so sorry you're going through this and what can i do and chances yeah. are the person's going to say nothing or the person's going to say like just you know let me be a mom but um you know i i just i think there aren't really things to say that are going to make it better because the only thing that's going to make it better is a baby and you know that's that's all you know if you're trying to get pregnant and or if you've had a miscarriage the only thing that's going to take away that pain is to have a baby that is healthy and in your arms and other than that there's nothing that can be said that's going to make it better so I think just just acknowledging it and being there mm-hmm. is the best thing that you can do. And it, it's hard even for, you know, spouses, too, because, you know, my husband a lot of times didn't know what to say or do. And he's going through it at the same time. So, right. It's, but it's, he didn't have to deal with the physical right part right. of that, which is so draining on a woman. It is. You know? I mean, you know, so you go through all that stuff. And then you also have, if you do finally have success then you also got to go through all the childbirth stuff so <laughs> yeah men really but think about it what a blessing you actually had twins i you know had two babies i know and that's the thing is like i always said i wanted a boy and a girl and i and i finally got it in that one yeah. swoop and so i i bet that was such a happy day when oh, you had those babies it was and you know like i i wish that i could have had another um not to sound greedy but i i wish i could have had another one but um uh-huh. you know i i got a boy and a girl and they're healthy and that's you know the most that anyone ever hopes for um right and so i'm i'm very very grateful and very blessed cuz i know some people are never able to get to that point and but what a blessing that we have um the options of adoption I oh mean, yes for so sure. many beautiful babies out there that need a family. Oh my gosh, absolutely! Even though the process is so hard and draining, my word! But um, at least that process is worth it, and that you can adopt. Exactly, and I and I think back to like maybe we should have just continued with that adoption, and who knows? Mm-hmm. But you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and 
um, you know, I don't, I don't. Twins is a lot of work too. Yeah. Two babies. Yeah, they were. Oh, yeah. boy, were they. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they still are, I'm sure, right? <laughs> yes. Not in the same way, different ways now. No. but um, <laughs> Teenage way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I've, I've had a lot. So I, I have a blog post that talks about my um, infertility struggles mm-hmm. and the miscarriages are also in more detail there. Um, it's on my blog, littledoseofgen.com. And I've had several people reach out to me and say, like, thank you for sharing this story that it gives me hope. And maybe, you know, or, or I've also had like moms reach out and say, thank you. I want to share your story with my daughter who's trying to get pregnant. And oh, um, yeah, that's it's awesome. just, it's hard because it's not something that people openly talk about. And, uh-huh. and I get it because it's, it's hard to admit that you are um, are struggling to do something that should come so naturally for women. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. And I also get why so many women used to die in childbirth, too, because, you know, that's that's also a blog post on my um, what happened to me after the twins were born was not easy. So, um, oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I um is that why you had to have a hysterectomy? Yeah. I ended up with the twins, I ended up um not being able to deliver the placenta and I hemorrhaged and lost over half my blood supply and Oh my word. And yeah, and had to have two blood transfusions and they couldn't they thought they got all the placenta out, but then when the babies were 2 weeks old, I got really, really sick, and they found out that I had a blood infection that basically was eating away my insides. And I, oh my gosh, if, I had yeah, no idea. If they were not, if they didn't go in and do exploratory surgery and, and most likely Make a hysterectomy, then I would have died. And so um, they ended up having to do That's a hysterectomy. Traumatic. Yeah, it was. It, oh my gosh. And here you are. Just having newborn twins, and you're going through that too. Yeah, it was wow. It was like an out of body what a trial. experience, and yeah, like I, it's crazy to think that all that stuff actually happened. And uh-huh. um, but like I said, it, you can see how women could die during childbirth, you know, a long time ago, and even still, uh-huh. because um, you know, so many things can happen and and go wrong so quickly, and. So but don't let that scare you from having babies. Absolutely not. Mind situation. We have such amazing medical. Yeah, your situation. It's probably rare. Yes. Yeah. But it, yeah, and you know, but the med the medical medicine nowadays is so much better than it was back when. Oh my gosh, I'm very grateful for modern medicine because um, yeah, you know, I'm here telling the story now, and um, yeah, my situation was very rare. Um, I just happen to have a lot of rare things happen <laughs> i wonder if your body has just gone through so much you know Very well, all the ivf be. and all the miscarriages and yeah it, you know but what a blessing you have those two sweet babies and even though they're not babies anymore but yeah that's that's wonderful that you had your happy ending i think that's awesome and i'm so happy that your daughter got her happy ending as well um and i hope Me that too. that you know it's not it's not easy to talk about, as I said, but mm-hmm. I hope that in your in your daughter sharing her story and me sharing my story that 
it maybe will help someone um, who feels like they're alone going through this because yeah, um, you're never alone. And, and yeah. chances are you do know somebody who's gone through it, whether they talk about it or not is another thing. But, um, you know, it's, it's something that happens to a lot of women. And, um, you know, I think that in sharing our struggles, we can, we can help each other. And yes. Yeah. So I that's hope true. that it, it provides some hope for anyone that's struggling at this time. And mm-hmm. um, if you guys would like to share your stories or, um, you know, if you have questions about how to support someone who's going through it, we would love for you guys to reach out to us and you yes. can contact us at um, at home with JNB at gmail.com. And we will try yes. to answer any questions we can for you guys. Yes. And I know we've had um, some stories submitted, but because of time, we're able to share that. But I think we'll be able to do a future podcast episode on that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we appreciate um, that anybody that has sent in their stories, because I know that it's hard. Some It might be hard to share, or maybe it's healing for you to share. And, um, you know, and we're here, I mean to help pray for you and and your journey. If you're struggling right now, make sure you reach out to us. Exactly. Jenny, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know that uh, I think it'll help a lot of women, and it's good to talk about it. I think a lot of people don't talk about it enough. Yeah. I think it's more common than we know, and so I really appreciate you taking the time to share that story with you or with us and— um, you are a very brave, brave woman. Oh, thank you. I was bound and determined. I wanted to be a mom, however that was going to happen. And I'm very grateful that I get to be a mom to two awesome kids. So thank yeah, you for they're listening. They're pretty awesome. Thanks for listening to the story. And I'm very grateful that your daughter shared her story as well. Um, it definitely helps to talk about it. So I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, well um, we hope you guys have felt right at home with J and B, and um, maybe next week we'll be uh, moving on to a lighter topic. It's Father's Day, so yes. I'm excited about our upcoming episode on that. Exactly. So, all right. Well, thanks for tuning okay. in, everybody. We hope you have a good week, and we will uh, catch you next week. Next time. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.